Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, and welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, and today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Healthy Nest, the first and only brain-forward personal care brand for babies. During the first three years of life, your baby's brain is making more than 1 million neural connections per second, per second. (laughs) They're absorbing everything around them. They're connecting. They are just in it. And everything they touch and experience and learn is so incredible, all while sitting in a diaper. To make the most of this incredible time, Healthy Nest has paired a high-performance diaper with the best of neuroscience to design a monthly diaper and development program. Each monthly box is delivered straight to your door and includes ultra-soft Healthy Nest diapers and wipes, along with brain-building multi-sensory activities and tools tailored to your baby's development and designed to support you as a parent. The Healthy Nest program helps you turn everyday routines like diaper changes and bath time into opportunities to shape deeper and more meaningful connections with no extra work on your part. For the safest and softest diapers paired with quick and fun activities, please visit healthybaby.com. Healthy Nest is changing diapers. Today's episode is so much fun and we are so with you because it is the beginning of back to school in whatever form that takes and I'm so excited to have Jennifer Garner here with me today. We are talking about, you know, what everyone's talking about, how we're all doing starting school and kind of what that's looking like for all of us. And we answer listener questions that you guys sent in to me on at Raising Good Humans podcast. And this woman is just in so many ways, so relatable. And you can't even remember that she's also a movie star and brilliant entrepreneur and does such incredible work with Save the Children. But she's also a mom of three and doing this just like the rest of us. And so we're kind of walking through what this is going to look like, how we're making these choices and answering questions that are on everyone's mind. I have questions. Oh, fine. I have questions. I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So uniforms or no uniforms? Like pajamas? Do you say, look, you're home. What a luck. Here's a silver lining. You get to wear pajamas or not uniforms. I think uniforms, like some schools are doing it, but. Or do you say you're at school? We're going to get dressed. 
in the spring, I was all about the silver linings of you can wear pajamas to school. But now I think we have to, we're, we're hardwiring some habits that are going to have to go right into, you know, we're, we're being sort of told that we have to kind of go from different forms of school. You know, we're not going to know necessarily, no matter where people are, things might change. And so, especially in those years when habits are forming, probably I'm going with, let's prepare the night before a little backpack of what you're going to need in your homeschooling arsenal if you're at home and lay out your clothes or at least your top, you know, because I mean, if I'm honest, I'm doing the same thing. I'm definitely not, my bottom half is not as formal as my top half. <laughs> but like you're a walking mullet. I really am. <laughs> But some kind of shift from rolling out of bed in pajamas, whatever that is for each family. I'm not having the girls do anything formal, but I just want something different than pajamas. Okay. And um, are your kids, are you planning on having them be in school where they're set up in one place all day? Or are you going to have them move around? I mean, this is your interview, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. I'm using this time. This is, I'm basically getting a free session out of. I want them to get physical activity before school starts because we know that 30 minutes of risk walking level activity helps with attention skills and 15 minutes between every break, you know, anytime they get a break of some kind of movement that they are old enough to choose. We're probably with one one is doing music that she's going to just shuffle around to. And the other one has a whole, you know, her own plan. If that means that they need to, to move around for the in-between times, mm-hmm. I want them to, for the classroom setting where it's with the Zoom, we're doing one space for everything except for any class that they feel they need to flip their brain into extra attention. So it's going to be in another place, which maybe sounds complicated, but it's super simple. Like in our house, they chose their desk in their bedroom for everything except for two classes that they just know they need that extra reminder. This is a time Mm -hmm. when I have to focus because they're just a little more challenging. Okay. And okay, so say you have a kid and you say, everyone's got to, we're going to, you get to pick what's your physical activity going to be before school. And th- they say, no. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Then, then what do you do? So. Okay. Me, so there, all right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm interrupting. So you can tell me this answer, please, for littles. And you can tell me this answer for biggers. Okay. So for littles easy to say, we're going to do something together. You're you're not, you don't have to do something on your own. We're together going to go out of the house. If you can, if you're in a place where you can go out of the house, take a brisk walk, maybe do a run walk, maybe a wiggle your tush walk or a skip, something that gets you to the front door again, where you're walking into school just to like set your day up. Oh, so it's, it's positive to, to leave and actually enter school. Yeah. You're now entering a new zone and I'm flexible. So if it turns out the back, like the 
the deck is a happier place to be working and it's easy to work there, we'll, we'll move the classroom. But I want everybody leaving. And if you're little, leaving together like little ducklings and making your way back to the house, which is now the schoolhouse. Oh gosh. Okay. okay. And all of this with the, you know, self-care that it involves. So I'm also doing it because I need to get up and get out of the house before I start the day, or I'm going to be not in as good of a place. So a lot of this is how do we survive this bizarre experience and what are the things that we need to do to kind of sun, water, and soil ourselves? Mm. Soil ourselves sounded bad, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I do. I do think about in the spring, one of my kids became kind of blue about Zoom and just school started to really be a slog. And even though obviously activity was a huge part of feeling better, once you get blue, it's hard to make yourself do the things that are going to help you feel better. And then it, then you're in a power struggle and then you don't know, you know, you don't know what to do because you know that that's part of what would help. But if you have somebody just bummed out and feeling obstinate because they're bummed, then what the heck? That's when I would have them pick a playlist Mm. and just put on the music, Mm -hmm. the, the music that gets you where you can't help but wiggle a little bit. So it doesn't have to be, you know, formal. It's just, let's get our spirits moving a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that the point about the blue is not uncommon. And that's why these habits, and that's also a little bit why I want everybody to get dressed in the morning, because I too could get very much into the habit of just being a vegetable or a potato. You want to set habits so that they're so ingrained in you that you can, that you do them despite how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. They're just part of, you know, you brush your teeth when you're blue. Mm-hmm. They're just habits. And so they're a little bit protective because we know this is a time where there's more risk for mental health challenges. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Well, with that, how do you feel about kids doing their remote learning in the same place? And if they are, do they, are face shields acceptable or do they have to wear masks? I mean, that's a medical question, but I feel like. (laughs) Your name has a D and an R. You have to know the answer. Come on, girl. I feel like if you can be outside many feet apart from each other, I really think a face is an important thing to see. Oh, that's a good one. But it means that it's contained and just a few people and very far apart because we've learned, I think we've all learned, oh, I can actually sit 10 feet apart from someone and have a perfectly lovely conversation without yelling. You just can't have a bunch of people doing that. So, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. And I think the science backs that, but mm-hmm. it's super dependent on how 
where, where your particular location is and how it's looking. All of it. Right. And it's also just, what's your appetite for risk or yes. And comfort. Right. Who are you around? I definitely was like, I would much rather keep us super isolated from almost everything except for a few people that we can be distant from outside because we are blessed enough to be in a place that is outdoor, outdoorsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do think, especially for young children, faces are so important for picking up cues and understanding language. And then as you get older, when you think about our, you know, older kids, you need faces to, I mean, have you not walked around wondering like, wait, was that person annoyed or not? You can't even see, right. were they happy to see me? Like it's hard. And so as a teenager, how are you supposed to navigate socializing when, you, when you're already paranoid because you're a teenager and you're interpreting how everybody feels, but now you have no cues. So at a minimum, I think it's important to get used to when they do have to wear masks because it's appropriate, knowing how to communicate like body Mm -hmm. language and all the things that we need to do because there are going to be times when they just have to have their faces covered. Well, they just do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just do. For the school in place right now, the homeschooling for the kids, is it academic? Is it, or maybe it's, Priorities and concerns, academic, social, emotional, physical, what's going on for you? And is it different by kid? Because you have three of them. Yeah, it, it, every kid does need something different. I have one starting high school. And of course, for her, she's in a really, she's taking an incredibly tough load of classes. And I just want to support that for her. And I feel like the transition into school for her feels almost unfair because I I know she's going into a real crunch of a year, but without the anticipation of being with her classmates and being, you know, and just going to school on the first day. And so Mm -hmm. I, I, I just want to help her shift gears in a healthy way. And also to set the boundaries that I would set if she had an early bus ride or whatever, that she does have to go to bed, that, you know, feel like hours of sleep have been not a free for all because I stay up till they're all asleep and I cannot, I can only go so far, but definitely we've all pushed later than we normally would. For sure. Right. I've got to pull that back and I, I have to make sure that those times are delineated, you know, and I have to make sure that she moves in the middle of the day. That's that one. The middle one, I just want her to, it's her last year at her elementary school. I just want her to have a great time. And I want to find a way for her to engage with friends safely and Mm -hmm. to feel like school is alive and vibrant because she's a great student and she deserves to have. I want that for her very much. And then the little guy is, you know, he's like, going into to school really eager and excited. And I just want to keep that alive for him and want him to see himself as, you know, having agency in his education and as intelligent and a hard worker. And I think that that remote learning can suck that idea of yourself from you a little bit. So those are my concerns slash goals. And have they set up their, like, have they participated in setting up how and where they want to work and what they want to focus on? 
it's more that we've talked about it. I think that next week is my high schoolers last week of summer. And that will really focus on, on it for her next week. And then my younger two have another minute. So we're about to dive into it. And, and I, I, I did order, you know, I felt like over in the spring, everybody was hunched over their computer and their lap and things. So I've got to get them. We have to deal with a little bit of posture and your neck alignment and just, Oh my God. I feel the same way. I am. I'm like, I've been Googling those things because there was so much hunching over. I mean, for me too, but just then I saw that there's like cushions you can put on your seat and ways to lift up the computer and just things that are super helpful and make such a big difference that I just wasn't bothering with or, or forcing them to bother with. But now, yeah, the spring was a lot of hunching. A lot of hunching. And I, and it's also just not a flattering angle. (laughs) We've like, normally I have a a FedEx box that I keep under my computer when I'm zooming because I got to boom up. Oh my God. It's so, it's true. And, and these poor kids are in these self-conscious years staring at each other. Oh, so close up. It's so cruel. I've run out of angles of myself that I like, (laughs) but I, I notice, I I just, I notice the kids, you know, brushing their hair, noticing how they're looking. And I mean, in a way, I guess there's the benefit of getting ready for school and that same excitement. Like we all had that when we were kids excited for the first day of school and like, what are you going to wear? And you know, everything was so exciting. It was, it was exciting what lunchbox you were going to have and your backpack and just getting ready. And so getting all that back is awesome. But then also watching that it's like on a camera and people are looking at your face and you've just become aware of your face. And it's, it's a lot. I worry about just like how much time they're spending staring at themselves. So do I. And now that you say it, I think I don't get my kids a new backpack every year. I just feel like they have too much stuff and I have to, yeah. you know, there's places where I just have to be mean, um, just to even it out a little, but, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't mean of even, it out. I just mean people send stuff and I, so I just, yeah, and like, you don't need it even you don't though, need it. um, but I think this is a year where I will, I think that we do need to get a new backpack and a new lunchbox. Just those little things to make it official. Like there is otherwise no indicator that anything you're, we're home. Right. Right. I think we do need to delineate the, the edge of the season in that way. Good one, Eliza. Yeah. And then I also am trying to sort out, basically this episode is about us sorting out how we're doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. out loud because we're all doing this. That's what I'm gathering. But Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out in the spring, it was very much like, as you see fit, go get your food. And sometimes I was just working and my kids were doing school. And when they had their lunch break, they had to go fend for themselves because it was at a time when I couldn't, you know, they had to make, God forbid, they had to make their own sandwich. And it was great in that way. It was great because I think they felt pretty it felt like they had some agency, mm-hmm. but there also was like this open door to the kitchen and snacks and just a constant sense of no sitting down and having a meal and being healthy and doing the things that you're supposed to do to give you energy for the day. 
So that's another thing I'm trying to figure out is there are going to be days when I can't monitor anything and how, how are they going to make sure to have their, the healthy things and the treats that you would get in a normal school day. But like at school, you have breakfast, presumably before school, and then you get a little 10 Mm AM snack break. And then everybody has lunch at around the same time. And I've had a lot of people tell me that their kids just haven't had, you know, it's just been kind of a confusing free for all. When is mealtime? When is a snack? When are you supposed to be moving? When are you supposed to be sitting? And sometimes they're laying down. Like it's a, it's a lot of freedom. So for a lot of kids, it just needs to be contained a little. Here are the options. Here's the time that this is open for this restaurant's open. Here are the times that it's closed. And, you know, these are the rooms that are, you know, classes are available. Well, I will say in the spring, I um, took everyone a treat mid-morning, not a snack, but a treat because I was trying, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, But I was trying to keep everyone's spirits up and it was just so strange. The whole world felt so strange. It was like rules were out the window. So a cookie in the, at 11 AM was like, why not? Totally. Now I think I need to rein it in. I'm struggling with that too, because I do want them to have some positive memories of this bizarre time, like be able to look at the silver lining of the experience of being kind of imprisoned in ho- at their home because they're so lucky to have the, you know, ability to do this even. Of course. I mean, in rural America, 35% of the kids have no way to learn remotely and they have no broadband or, and they, and poor kids don't have books at home. So right. definitely our, our kids are so, so lucky. And and there is a lot to love about this. And we've, we've all, we're all thinking silver linings all the time, but I can go from five mornings of cookies a week to one or two. Not that this is even for, for you to share with the people, but um, <laughs> once upon a farm, the company that I have has dairy free yogurt and our um, overnight oats are great. They were their lunchbox snacks and there are no kids going to school. So they're a great big kid snack. I think that's a great thing to share. And it's no sugar added. And it's all, it's like. I didn't even know. How about that? Yeah. I thought those, I thought they were baby stuff. They were, but the, it turns out that, that um, big kids like them too. So now it's just kids snacking that babies can eat. And then on top of that, our new innovation, I think most of it, like you can find at, Target or some at Kroger's, like it's different sprouts, different places have different things, but online they have everything. And my kids have been, I mean, my 14 year old will have a dairy free yogurt for a snack, no problem. Right. And it's no sugar added. So, anyway, organic, blah, blah. That's, it's not cheap. nothing. And we're not vegan, I can tell you that, but it's tasty. <laughs> so, no, but I think it's worth, you know, it's so important because everybody says like, what are the ways to make sure that kids can get through this period or we can get through this period with reduced stress? We can't get rid of stress and we don't want to, but just some, you know, and, and healthier. And the thing is, is before you talk about any habits or um, social emotional connection or anything, you need to get the basic, you need sleep, you need exercise and you need healthy food. And those are the first things to go. And of course, in the spring, they went so, so much because we were all just sort of like, wow, 
what's happening. And so it's important now to prioritize that for our kids because it teaches them how to take care of themselves in times of stress so that they can thrive because they actually can thrive right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, and for those who can't thrive, they can certainly do okay. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm definitely aiming for okay, not, you know, this is the best they're going to be and the best I can offer right now. Well, what do you suggest for kids who are feeling the anxiety and just really, really living it and breathing it? Well, first, making sure they understand that it makes sense that they feel anxiety. So they're not feeling like they're alienated or they're having the wrong feelings. It's pretty adaptive to feel anxiety right now. Sometimes it's maladaptive to feel anxiety because it doesn't match the situation. You imagine a worst case scenario, you go down a road that is just totally negative and you drive yourself into these unnecessary worries. But right now, it's totally appropriate to have some anxiety. It would be inappropriate almost to have none. It would mean that you just haven't paid any attention and aren't going to be you know, hugely... Um, successful at survival where you, you know, should you be left out on your own, which they're not going to be. Um, so I think honoring the fact that it's totally normal to feel some anxiety right now. And then once you can connect over how that makes sense and help them name what that, that is, then asking them what they want their plan to be. How much time during the day do you want to give Space for that anxiety. Let's let's carve it out. Like you're you're having your friend over for coffee. Your friend anxiety. You're not going to not be friends with this person. You just don't want to like have them over for a whole meal. You want to have a little bit of a snack or a coffee, and then send them on their way till the next day. So you you treat the anxiety with a little bit more compassion and less rejection, and spend a little time with it. Carve out that time let them, you know, if they're up for it, have them tell you, I'm setting, we're setting aside 20 minutes. I'm going to just listen to you go in your spinning head about all the things that are freaking you out right now and how bad this is going and the what ifs. And then we're putting it aside and we'll be back tomorrow for it. And some kids won't want you to participate and other kids will need you to participate but that way you're not saying like, don't be worried because we know that telling somebody not to be worried does very little other than get them to not tell you that they're worried, but it's not actually going to get rid of the feelings. And we don't need them to not be worried. We just need them to know how to manage the worries. And then slowly they'll start to realize, oh, I can actually do this. I survived sitting and just talking about my worries for 20 minutes. And you start to realize it's not that you have to get rid of the anxiety. It's just that you have to learn that this is a feeling you can live with. That is the best way of dealing with it that I've ever heard. And I, um, I can't wait to try it out. And I have one who I know will need to build her tolerance for talking about what makes her anxious. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's like, um, it's like with meditation, you think, oh, we're all home and I'm going to have my kids be mindful and meditate. And at least I did. And they were all like, yeah, no. I mean, I set it up and there were candles and there was you yeah. know, something lovely and mute. And I just said, we're just going to sit for 10 minutes. They just weren't, 
I mean, then I realized one good breath, it's like, you know, I knew about this from preschool that, that just sitting and just taking one good breath is as restorative as, you know, a fake 10 minutes just to please your mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's been really, that's been really helpful. And then they can build on it as they want to, but at least it's there in there somewhere. And it's not any pressure. Totally. And no pressure, but I do the same thing. I mean, I made a meditation room. I was like, here's what, you know, now my kids mostly roll their eyes at me, but they'll sit with me and join me. Sometimes I don't know what they're doing in that time. We just are listening to some sounds and breathing and doing our thing. But other times they're just like, you're so annoying (laughs) and that's not interesting, but I will, you know, we do. And for younger kids, like you said, that one breath for all of us, if you could take a, a deep breath and count to four and then four out, that changes your whole physiology and you can move forward. Mm-hmm. So for little ones, they can give you a hug and you can you know, breathe your bellies together and do it together one time, or they can have a buddy, like a little stuffed animal that they help breathe, just a little breathing buddy. But for the kids who are like, rejecting that there's also a way to um do something like toggling where you get your fast energy out mm-hmm. and then you take a pause and do a deep breath or something slow mm-hmm. and then you go back and forth and it exercises your muscles the same way it tells you like i can go from this fast feeling to a calm feeling back and forth And that sometimes can happen with music where it's just like fast, 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 and then slow, or you can play a freeze game, anything that gets you doing something that your body's a little bit goes against your body's natural autopilot is a part of meditating that isn't sitting beautifully with candles and, um, soft sounds and still accomplishes something similar. That's a little bit, maybe more fun for kids but it's all part of the same thing, which is a commitment to moments during the day that are just mindful. It's just sometimes those words irritate kids. Mm -hmm. Right. But one deep breath isn't so scary. And one deep breath is like, it's all those baby steps, but one deep breath is everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, if all of us could take one deep breath before we send a text or respond to somebody, you know, it's that difference between responding and reacting, even you know, if we do this, when our kids do anything, if we just, before we say a word, take that breath, they don't have to do it because they're, they're kind of, they're going to learn it from us. Oh, wow. That's really good. I can't believe how often when I'm on zoom, I realize I'm holding my breath. I was just going to tell you that I need to take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a talker. I talky talk, but still somehow I'll realize, wait a minute, I haven't had a good breath this whole, you know, this whole call. Yeah, it's powerful. You know, my big thing at, just as a parent is that I connect with my kids over books and we read like crazy every night and I read with each of them separately. And it's kind of like the one time a day I know that I'm, I can handle the rest I feel really confused about. But um, one of my kids who was my most avid reading buddy, I mean, I can't even list the amount of books we, I've read aloud to her. 
And out of the blue, she was just like, didn't want to read anymore. When this all started and she just, it just didn't feel good to her. And we have been sneaking and watching America's Funniest Home Videos on my phone. We had the same experience. You did? This is so, yes, we had the same experience. My little, my, the one that was like the book consuming, yes. you know, constant. We started sneaking, epi- this is way worse. <laughs> we started watching, I talked about this actually, I'm not super proud, but we started watching Grey's Anatomy together because she was begging to watch it because her friends were watching. I was like, that show is not appropriate for you. And she was just like, but like everyone's watching it. So I said, okay, we'll watch it together. And if it feels inappropriate at a certain point or you have questions, I'll be there and cut to, I mean, we were like, gone were the moments of reading together. And we went to curling up, looking at each other and going like, do you want to try to sneak an episode in? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's something I'm not very proud of. Um, I even watched Austin Powers with her. (laughs) So the talk about not appropriate and, but I just needed to see that laugh. And I felt like, okay, so it's fake. I don't care. I mean, we just have to, we have to remind our bodies of how to have joy and I'm just letting it happen. She's reading to herself. So it's not like there are no books. Of course. But it used to, it's always been like one of our main forms of connection. And I'm just letting it go right now and hoping that it'll resolve. Do you think it will? Or am I building a habit of her watching bad television before bed? No, I think it's such an important thing to find the ways to connect with our kids, whatever that is. And if it's going to evolve and change, it'll probably circle back around because it's been such a big part of your lives. But it's so important that we go in the direction that is working for them. Like that's how we connect. I think we take everything so seriously. I mean, I'm, I do constantly that we forget that it's not like, look at us. We're like, and then we did did this awful thing of watching something. And we both are like, it's terrible. You know, like, I don't even want to admit this. And it's just the lightest hearted you know, it's a memory for them and it's, they're not going to forget it. So I think, yes, you'll get back to the reading, but also that's another, you know, it's an evolution of what the relationship needs right now. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. It's what I have felt instinctively, but then I just felt like, oh, I I really do believe in healthy habits. And it just seemed like, oh, I could be really screwing this kid out of her healthiest. No, I had the same. I definitely was like, this is, I have like one voice on going, this is, you're connecting and who cares how. And also this is sort of, this feels like rebellious and fun. And the other side of me, that's like, you know, this is an age when the brain is wiring for habits for life. (laughs) But I think ultimately it's the connection that wires the most. That's the most, that, that is always more important. Okay. By the way, Austin Powers, if anyone's forgotten, is hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm, I was just going to, I think I should check it out. I have not seen it since it came out. It's so right up your alley because I know that you like a body laugh and it's, it's so naughty, but it's not awful. I mean, right. it's pretty awful. It's definitely, you know, <laughs> she's learned a few things, but it's funny. It's funny. And we, I mean, used to, you know, it's okay. No, it's so good. And also... I, I feel like the funny stuff is, it's so hard because the topics feel pretty 
inappropriate, but they're, we all, you pick that, you get it when you're ready to get it before you're ready to laugh at it. It won't make sense anyway. Gosh, isn't that the truth? You just see stuff go right over kids' heads and you realize, oh, let, or you watch something that you happen to see as a kid and you suddenly it all means, has a million so different things different. that you, you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting one about how do I tell my child to have perspective about how good she has it? She keeps complaining about missing school. I have a strong opinion about this kind of thing. I want to hear it. I'm asking you because I want to know if you're right, which is that I don't think you can teach gratitude and I don't think you should try because it's an implied guilt trip mm-hmm. and it's hard for kids to take that in. How are you supposed to take in when you feel like your world is falling apart? How are you supposed to take in that you have it good, right? You don't, it, totally. So, That's just my, and it's been my feeling like when my kids were younger, I didn't want to take them on Save the Children site visits with me because I felt like I don't want them to see it and just feel like, holy cow, what's, why do I have a house when these people are living like this? And what I, I, I don't, I wanted them to have the capacity to be able to, I don't know, process that and, and, and just see it as see it for, for, I don't know, see it in the healthiest, most activating way possible instead of feeling badly. Yeah. I mean, nobody, you're totally, I totally agree with you because you cannot feel gratitude or empathy when you feel ashamed. You can't, you have to have an open brain to be able to say, I can receive this, what I, I can see what's happening here. I can also be, separate how I feel from what I'm seeing and imagining someone else is going through. You can only learn that through having, you know, a person in your life who's shown you empathy and compassion and had gratitude, but you can't make somebody, you know, it's like you can't make somebody feel a certain way and making somebody feel grateful is the same thing as telling somebody any other feeling. I do believe strongly that you can, that they will pick up. I mean, I know we talk about modeling and everyone knows it, but man, do I think it's important. It's right. It's so it's deep, 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 deeply true. So pretending or like fixating on getting, getting gratitude out of a small person instead of just sitting confidently in the, in knowing you're genuinely grateful, taking the time to be genuinely grateful each day and knowing that your kids are, they're going to get there and pick up on that. But when they're young, what they're grateful for may not match what you're hoping for them to be grateful for. And that is a okay. And that is so a okay. And then if you tell them that it's not a okay, then what do you, then you're shaming them. For, right. not ha- for having the most natural feelings in the world. The best thing is for kids that, that if your kids can take food and a roof over their head for granted, great. Yeah. Lucky. L- lucky and lucky for you as a parent. They don't need to know that they're lucky. They, That's right. And to just take it for granted. No, there, there are some parts of childhood that should be protected when they can be because it's a beautiful thing that they can be. And that is definitely one of them. I agree with you. I do not subscribe to basically shaming kids into feeling grateful because it's it's not even real and it's not and even possible. I, I don't even think that 
by the way, I've totally been guilty of it. And I, I didn't think at the time that I was shaming them. I just reflecting back on it, I realized that I didn't get the outcome I wanted and that it didn't feel good. And that I ultimately don't think I was doing anyone any favors. So I've adjusted after having kids for a while and having several of them, I finally <laughs> kind of figured out how I feel about it. I agree. I've, I feel like if I, if my kids were sitting here, they would say like, well, you've definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, there are times it's not intentional, but there's that no, there's that look that you give that just is, you know, and, and it's going to happen probably next week. Now that I just said this, there will come a time when I'm just like, guys, you know, right. Because it's not a good feeling when you, when you think your kids are coming across even to you or to themselves as entitled. Yeah. It can set you off. It can, oh my gosh. Yeah. Faster than anything. And that is a, how do you respond to that? That's a tricky one. I think that's the same thing of like, oh wait, there's, that is one of those beautiful things where taking a breath before you respond so that you don't put the weight of the whole future of how, because they feel in this moment a certain way, it must mean that they're going to be just these ungrateful, entitled people in some kind of, you know, teen movie from the eighties, <laughs> you know, like those yeah. characters where you're just like, like a football player. Yeah, exactly. And it's just that deep breath that you take gets you out of that place of, telling this ridiculous story to yourself that, that you know that this one moment means this huge thing about who they are. Oh my gosh, that is the biggest, best piece of advice yet. And you've given a lot, but okay, here's <laughs> another thing. I will say that my worst parenting moments, the ones that go back, that haunt me are moments <laughs> where I was, I felt embarrassed where I felt judged as a mom mm-hmm. and I felt embarrassed by my kids' behavior and I was a horrible mom in those moments. Agree. I Unfortunately, I agree with you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've caught me in them. But I mean, <laughs> for sure, that is when I just am like, well, who am I to take on as if this is a reflection on me or who they're going to be or what or anything. Like just hush up and get out of it gracefully. (laughs) I have a kid on my lap right now who threw a tantrum in a bathroom at Disneyland once. (laughs) (laughs) How civilized of you to do it in the bathroom at Disneyland. She didn't want to wash her hands, but we were at Disneyland. And so, um, and I saw people staring at me and recognizing me and watching me parent. And I got so embarrassed in front of them. I snatched this one up. and stuffed her hands under the sink. And I was so (laughs) hardcore about it. And it was, um, I still think of it and just, sorry, honey. It messes with you so much when you worry about how other people are going to participate in this whole human being that you're connected to for life and supporting. And it's like, yeah, we should all agree to, as a gesture of humanity to never ever look at how anybody else is doing their thing because we're all doing it. Yep. We, we really are. And everyone just needs space to try to get through their day as best they can. But there were more good questions, Louisa. Let's see. Bad news. Do you know, I think it's personally, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I think it's helpful to let them know that bad news is coming and to say, okay, we have to have a rough conversation. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, that, and then to 
just state it really simply, the most simple version of it, and then answer questions. Mm -hmm. I would only add that right before you go into let them know that you're going to have to have that conversation is to take a deep breath and make sure you know how you feel Mm -hmm. so you can enter in sort of with your own open curiosity about their experience. And then, yeah, then be ready to answer questions. I completely agree. For the most part, when I've had to tell my kids hard things, I, there's, there are different ages and stages. And Mm -hmm. so I've spoken to them separately. Yeah. I don't know if that is the right thing or the wrong thing. What do you think? I don't. I mean, you're I not guess aware. it's right. Okay. I seem you're doing you're doing well. <laughs> oh, I mean, what you're doing well straight from Sarah. <laughs> what do I do if my kids don't help around the house? I took that really personally. Huh? I'm like, well, they need to help out around the house because we're all trying to do a lot right now. So it's an important thing for them to participate in young and old. So there are very natural consequences to not helping out around the house. I mean, with younger kids, if they're not helping out, it's like break things down into manageable bite-sized things. Like you're not cleaning your room. You're just picking up everything blue in your room off the floor. Mm -hmm. As kids get older, these habits hopefully will be a part of their being. But if you're starting fresh One thing that is super helpful is set a time every day where every single person in the house takes 10 minutes, you know, you pick two songs and everybody just pitches in so that it's just like a collective quick, we're going to do this and then it's done. Mm -hmm. And it's just not an option to not do it. It's not about rewarding or punishing. It's just, this is what we do. It's a habit. We got to do it. And then we're not going to be able to move on to whatever was next. A lot of times when people talk about their kids not doing something or, you know, not letting their parents have them do something, it's because we're like, we give up (laughs) and we we move on. Right. It it is ultimately, I mean, there, you might have a nasty few days trying to switch that pattern. Yeah. I want to avoid that, but sometimes you have to have a hard few days and you just have to name it and say, we're about, this is kind of going to be a bummer because I've let this bad habit happen and I need to change it because I'm, uh, there's too much for me to do by myself. I mean, yes, exactly. So whether it's fun or not, it still has to happen. Exactly. Right. We can't always do everything. It can't be a want to. There are some have tos. Yes. I don't want to either, but we're going to try to make it as fun as we can and then we'll be done. And we're going to do it again tomorrow. So don't even let your head go to the place of, I didn't like that because we're going to do it every day. Right. Okay. Well, good. We we managed that. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be fun if we had different thoughts about things, but not happening. Mm. What do I do when my child says something rude? If my kids get sassy with me, Mm. tell me what you think. But I say to them, I'm going to give you another shot. I mean, yeah, let's do, let's have a do over on that one. Mm -hmm. Cause you, (laughs) the, like, yeah, the nasty comment probably was just a, you know, a reaction to something. Mm -hmm something else is going on. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. It doesn't have to be, per- I don't take it personally. 
Yeah. Or I say, it seems like you need a minute yep. to yourself and we're not going to be successful right now. So that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But you can't, that's not you, but ultimately you can't talk to me that way. So right. you're, you're, setting, you're still setting a boundary, but you're giving them a little bit of space to do that over. Cause chances are nobody says something nasty when they're in a good place or when they're, when they've taken a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> right. Right. And some, t- yeah. And we all, I mean, we've all said things we didn't want to say to our moms. Gosh. I mean, God, I know. <sighs> Sometimes I think about when I was 13, cause it was my worst year behavior wise. And I, w- I was such an angel to everybody else. And then my mother, my angel mother, who never took it as like, she never snapped back at me the way if I, I, I don't know how she did it, but I think back and I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, mom. <laughs> I know she'll hear. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, your mom is an angel mom. How do I become best friends with my daughter? Okay, let's just take that in the, in the way that she didn't word it, but I think she meant it. Mm-hmm. How does she get closer to her daughter? Let's say that. The, the most important, especially teenagers, the most important kind of protection we can give them is connecting with them. Mm-hmm. So being a space of judgment-free listening and oh my zipping gosh. it, probably yeah. is the best way. Making them feel, because my mom was really good at this, and I don't know if I'm as good at this, but feeling like they can tell you anything without you digging and without yes. you reacting. Yes. That is our biggest task for the teens. Because don't you remember when kids are little and you you hear about a child doing something or you see you know, somebody whack somebody and there's a, there's a part of you, there's a part of all of us that wants to say, you know, make sure that your child knows like, well, that is not kind behavior. And, you know, there's, there's judgment when your kids come home and tell you a story about someone who did something and you want to make sure that they know, you know, how you feel about that, but it's not worth it. It's, it's so much better for, I think, for them to be able to tell you the whole story with you being that with open curiosity instead of judgment so that you're the person they can come tell. So it's never like, uh, mom's not going to be able to handle this story. So I'm not going to, I don't want to deal with her having to deal with this story. Right, right, right. The other tricky thing about when people say that they're best friends with their kids is that I, I so badly don't want my kids. And maybe because my own personal life has, you know, has, ha- has had a lot in it as my kids have grown up, but I don't want them to feel like they have to take care of me. Yes. Right. We, we, I don't want my kids to ever think she's not going to be okay if I'm not there for her. They can see that you go through a range of emotions. They can see that you've had a difficult time with something as long as they know, you know, I've got this. Yeah. This is not for you to worry about. I've got me. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, you wouldn't want a best friend is a, is a relationship where you're taking care of each other emotionally, not in a codependent way, but just that's what you do. And that's not what we want for our kids. And I also think they need that safety that it, it helps them 
with their friends, especially as there's peer pressure and stuff going on to be able to say, to blame things on your mom. Yeah, exactly. Your uptight mom. Yes. My mom wouldn't, I mean, my parents wouldn't actually let me do things. And now looking back, I realize that that was a relief because I was pretty two shoes inside. And I was so relieved that I didn't drink and that I didn't, you know, have my ears pierced and that I didn't, I think it actually, those boundaries helped me feel safe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreeing again. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) I hate when we fight. (laughs) Uh, How do I help my child with it? This is then then I probably, I have like 57 hilarious phone calls happening that I'm ignoring. (laughs) I'm so So sorry. You know, I'm glad. Did you not want to record for six hours? (laughs) I actually do. (laughs) I actually, now it is appropriate to pour a glass of wine. And I feel like (laughs) we've talked long enough to get to the good stuff, but I should probably um, deal with my life before everyone is done working. But that being said, this is, I think, a good one. How do I help my child with their problems with friends? I do want to know what you think of that because I don't, I don't have anything. You know, I, I think that goes back to, it's such a good question. It's something we're, we're all going to experience or have experienced. And I think it kind of is the same thing. First, take a breath because it's hard on us to hear about friend trouble and not dive in emotionally. It's about being ready to be that open space for them, hearing what they have to say, being curious about how they want to handle it. One wonderful thing to say is after they tell you a tale, you know, after they tell you the situation is to just say, do you want my advice or do you want me to just listen? Mm. Or you can say it before, like when they're coming to tell you, let me I want to listen to this and I just want to check in. Do you want my advice? Because a lot of times they do not want your advice, but sometimes you need to tell someone who's not judging and who's really listening what's happening. And they can, you can say, you can kind of reword it back to them, paraphrase what they said. So they know you understood and also it helps you because you can say, okay, so let me, let me get this straight. This, here's what I think you're saying. Once they say that that is what in fact happened, you can then have this openness of it makes sense that you feel that way. And now they're available emotionally to problem solve. And you can say, so what do you want to do about this? If anything, because sometimes there's absolutely nothing to do and they just need to get it out but it's definitely a time not to fix it or say, here's what I would do. I would go in, you know, unless they really want you to say that. Cause then you can give them confidence. Like, I think you've got this. Sounds like you, you have some good ideas and you can talk them through if they have some, if the ideas are so bad that you're like, Oh man, you need a little more guidance here. Then you might say, so let's walk through the rest of that story. If you do go up to them and say, blah, blah, blah. Where is that going to go? Okay, I'm writing this down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to all the people that sent in questions because they were really helpful for me. Even 
even just to talk out loud to you and get your response to things. And I think I probably, of course, said my very best version of it. It's not like I actually practice what I preach all the time. I just... Do, do any of us practice what we right. preach all the time? Right. But it is helpful. It's... it's um it's, uh, what's the word reinforcing to say it out loud to you. So I'm grateful for, for the questions because they help me do that. Sometimes it's nice to talk about our intentions and in our parenting because it just remind. it's just a mindful moment of like, oh, right. Today, I'm going to remember that even though it's not new, it's not new information necessarily. It's just like, oh yeah. Yeah. I know. And I've heard you say these very same things, but it's still, I still need to hear them. (laughs) I need to hear them again. Do you want my advice or do you want me to just listen? I'm practicing because you really, it's just like kids building on one breath. You're just building on one non-reactive moment. One, your child is autonomous and they're not you and they're allowed to have their thing moment. One, you're just building on your own stuff. One, one at a time. Yeah. It's freaking hard. It's hard, but we're in it. We're in it. And it's, I'm so glad I, I, I will miss this phase when my kids are out of my house. Although I still talk to my mom every day. God bless her. You do. I do. And I tell her all the things that bug me and she offers no advice and I feel better after. Mm. That's the dream. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's where this goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go call my mommy. I know, I know. And please let me know how much I owe you for for this <laughs> conversation, <laughs> since I just basically drummed you. For uh, everyone is so jealous that I actually get to be your friend and get to talk to you about things. You're such um, a nut. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy this episode. Please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, and if you have any extra time, write a little review and tell me what you thought. I know that I am so grateful to have had Jen on this podcast to take the time to be so open and share with all of us that we're in this together and we're going to get through this. Thank you for listening and thinking of everyone as you embark on school starting or whatever is happening for you during this challenging time. 